Welcome to the Table for One podcast, a podcast for those of you who are cooking for one. You'll find interviews with people who are cooking for one, nutrition tips, cooking tricks, and other practical topics for all my single listeners, and all without the mention of dieting or restriction because, well, dieting just kind of sucks. So join me as I explore the realities, the challenges, and highlight the joys of cooking for one in this busy world. What a week. So originally I was planning on taking March off uh, from podcasting so I could focus on other projects and also just to take a little bit of a break. But the world turned upside down this past week or weekend even. And I, you know, I'm feeling really anxious about it, especially with like the constant news notifications and all of the stuff going on. And I know a lot of you are feeling that way too. So Instead of actually taking a hiatus, I thought I would share a, a, a quick and practical three-part series on some of the concerns that a lot of us have who are cooking for one during this time and, and navigating that transition from working out of your house and having a life out of your house to potentially, probably, and for a lot of us, hopefully, staying home and finding things to do at home and cooking at home and doing all of these things. So I'm, I'm here to help you navigate that to make it um, a positive experience, as positive it, as it can be to find, to find the silver lining in it and to really make the most out of this time. I, I, I really believe that this is a great opportunity for us to just like switch up everything and with that can come a lot of a lot of like breakthroughs or inspiration in whatever way you want that to be whether it's in you know your personal life your your job your career in other areas of your life to really to find something that you want to pursue whatever that is and and to go with that. I think this is a really great opportunity and sometimes it just takes like everything falling apart and and while we can't control what's going on outside of our houses and outside of us, we can take this time to really make the most out of it so we can come out of this couple week, month, couple months, who knows, experience and you know really hit the ground running and and make, do a lot of things that can be super, super cool and, um, and really help the world. So with that said, this three part series, I'm going to be focusing on ways to be at home and to enjoy life, be productive, and then be open to any breakthroughs that might come. So the three parts that I'm going to be sharing are today I'm going to be talking about anxiety and eating when you're at home and you're surrounded with food. Maybe that's not normal for you, but it's going to be when you're working at home and how to how to navigate that. Tomorrow I will be talking about self-care, ways to to take care of yourself during the day because working at home is so different than working in an office. Um, I've been working from home for two years and so I want to share some things I've learned and some ways that you can um, take care of yourself while doing that. And then finally on Wednesday I'm going to be sharing uh, tips and some thoughts, some ideas about 
what to do with all of this and how to make the most out of it. I really think, like I said before, this is a great opportunity to try something new, to kind of be open to new things in life. And, and a lot of that comes down to like hobbies. Maybe there are goals or activities that you've wanted to try and just haven't had time to or had the space to do it. Well, now can be the perfect time to start up a new hobby or kind of take things in a different direction. And it's really exciting, but it's also can be really overwhelming because who knows how to get started. So anyways, with all of that said, I'm excited to talk about eating and what to do when you're at home. So first of all, I wanted to kind of give a little bit of a just reminder, I guess. Um, first of all, you need to stock your kitchens. Who who knows? We might get to the point where we're not able to really leave the house or like deliver like food delivery takes forever and and it's not a reasonable thing. So make sure you have food on hand so you can cook easy meals that actually taste good. And if you have not already, go and download my pantry essentials guide. It just walks you through all of the things that are great to have on hand in your pantry, plus recipes to like a recipe template to use those and to make it work for you. So wash up, go to the grocery store if you can, order them, or look around your cabinets and see what you've got. Be reasonable, get food that you can keep for a couple of weeks, and also be reasonable and stock up on convenience foods. So that could be frozen meals, um, boxed meals. Be reasonable and give yourself space to not take time to cook if you don't want to because that's okay too. And then also get comfort foods because I think we're all in need of a little bit of comfort food right now. And one other thing, I will bring it up later, but as, I mean, the economy is changing so much. And one thing that I do want to remind you about that is 100% still an option is takeout. There's a lot of restaurants who are really going to be hurting now. And if you don't like to cook or have a day where you don't want to cook, takeout or delivery is an option. And that's a great way for you to eat something delicious that you don't have to prepare, but also to support smaller local businesses. So keep that in mind. Okay. Like actually for real. So imagine this, you're surrounded by all of your food. You're working at a desk that's like close to the fridge and, and it's just right there. It's so close. It's so accessible and it can be so overwhelming. I remember when I was in high school, I don't know why I remember this, but I was talking to one of my friends and she was saying there, she was talking about how, um, a friend of hers had just started a homeschool and she's, her reaction to that was, I don't know how she's going to not eat everything at her house all the time because she's at home all the time. And I think it stuck with me because it, I didn't think about it at that time because, you know, outside of summers, you were like at school and doing activities all the time. But also, this is such a common concern for a lot of us. We have, I mean, food is so complicated and so complex and, and our feelings about it are the same. And to be in a whole new situation after having gotten so used to life and, and figuring things out and making life work and our eating work to then have that all upended and be in a totally different situation can be really overwhelming. And first I want you to sit back and take a deep breath because it's going to be okay. If you end up eating in a way that you didn't intend to, or 
you end up eating more than your body needs and you don't feel good afterward, that's okay. It's helpful information to have and to keep in your bank, but it is not the end of the story. It is not like there is no, no going back from that. It's just, it's just an experience. Think of this and try to be as non-judgmental as you can. And that's going to help you make food choices that are helpful for you, but also don't add unnecessary stress or anxiety around it. And that's really, really important. And with that said, if you, if some of the things that I talk about today resonate with you and you want to make some changes, but you don't know where to start, reach out to me. I am here to help you. I work with people, whether they're cooking for one or they're cooking for a family or whatever, to make meal planning easy and doable, but also to work on all of this mindset stuff that, that comes. Um, living in this, in this culture, diets are everywhere and they're expected, but they don't help us. And so I'm here to help you step away from that and find a way of eating and living that, that works for you. Okay, the next thing I want you to do is think about what you would tell a dear friend in that situation. So let me paint this picture. You get a, a call or are talking to a friend, get a text, something like that. And they say, you know, I'm, I'm not so excited to be working at home because I have this pantry full of food that I stocked up on and I stocked up on some of my favorites and I'm afraid that I'm just going to eat it all. I'm going to eat it all and everything that I've worked so hard for is going to be out the window. What would you tell that friend? Would you honestly tell them that, huh, you're screwed. Have fun with that. Or you're a failure if you do. You probably wouldn't tell that friend that. You, I'm sure you would be compassionate towards them in whatever way that you are. And you would encourage them to be positive about it and, and to be reasonable and kind toward themselves. You really need to do the same thing for yourself. And it's really hard. It's so much harder to do that for ourselves than it is for other people. But this whole um, idea of, of coming, looking at food with fear or feeling like bringing guilt and shame into the picture is not helpful at all. And obviously this is so much deeper and so much bigger than, than what I'm talking about here. But just, you know, just think about that and be aware of it because finding ways to reduce your stress, you're going to have to be more gentle with yourself to do that. And it's going to make a huge difference. So again, reach out to me if you need any help getting started with that. So the thing that I really wanted to talk about today when it comes to that feeling of overwhelm and that, that fear that comes along with having access to food all the time, literally in the next room, or just changing up your environment and, and like food choices around you is don't restrict and I know it sounds so counterproductive. It sounds against everything that you've heard for the most part. But here's the thing. Think about how, like where your mind has gone, what you've wanted to do with your time, what you like were drawn to do with your time as, as things in life started to shut down, whether it was school, whether it was work, whether it was... Um, some of your pl favorite places to go, whether it was traveling, like whatever. As things are starting to shut down, at least for myself, I like I like the NBA. I like basketball. I've watched basketball, but I'm not a 
diehard fan. Once I learned that they <laughs> were shutting down their season, I wanted to go watch a jazz game, but I couldn't. And and it's that's kind of our natural reaction to being told that we can't do something or that we can't eat something is to want that. And the same thing goes with well, the same thing goes with food. Really, hands down, the biggest predictor of binging is actually restriction. And there's a lot of research that supports that. And and also, if you think back to your own experiences with, with following particular diets or trying to change habits and you've, and you've restricted foods, I bet if you looked without judgment and if you looked like rationally and, and honestly at what you did during that time, there was a big, that restriction binge phase, whether it was the cycle or whether it was once and then you were done with it, whatever it was, I'm sure that you've experienced that before. I keep that in mind because that's really, really important. And it shows that, that you've done it before and maybe it's not so helpful for you. So like I said, telling ourselves that we can't eat something doesn't help. And that's, and especially if that food or whatever it is that we want is actually accessible to us, it makes it even harder for us to resist if, even if we want to. And it makes us really stressed out. It brings anxiety and overwhelm. It makes us feel overwhelmed. And, and that's not a, a healthy, helpful place to be. So, like I said, the, this idea of willpower, it's, it's actually not productive. Think back to when you've tried to be, like, have super strong willpower with whatever it was that you did. And it's kind of just like fighting against, against a brick wall. Like you, deep down, a lot of times we don't actually want to make those changes. Why would you want to cut out a food that you really like? Unless, unless you have celiac disease or a, like a food allergy and you see these really drastic, um, significant and potentially even very harmful effects, there's really no bad in eating whatever foods that you want. And so without having that negative feedback other than what's going on in your head, there's just no reason to do that. And, and adding that restriction on top of it kind of just confuses us and, and it's counterproductive. So go ahead and eat what you want. And what I would say to like the practical side of this, and you can take this as far as you want because it, it might take a lot of thought and some time. But what I would say is to pay attention to those cravings. Like you're sitting at your desk or you're sitting at a desk and you know your kitchen's right there. What, you know, something comes into your head, oh, I want to have whatever it is. Like write down or at least think about what it is that you want. Hmm, why do I want it? Did it just pop into my head? Is it, is it as simple as that? Or am I feeling overwhelmed and I need something to distract myself? Or I've had experiences before where this makes me feel better. Or it's just right in front of you and you see it and you want to eat it or you saw an ad and it made and and then you wanted to eat whatever food it was. Keep an eye keep an idea or a journal on those feelings, those emotions, and also keep add your hunger cues into that too. That's super helpful to kind of as you're looking back when you've got a lot of these written down, it can be super helpful to look back at and see 
see what the patterns are, see what was going on and see if there's anything that you could acknowledge or anything that you can like recognize with those patterns that can be super helpful. Of course, this is can be a lot of work and it's really up to you on whether or not you want to do it or how much of that you want to do, but that can be super, super helpful. And when I work with clients, they find that to be really enlightening and then open the door to being able to make food choices that are are healthy, helpful, that are empowering and that um, meet the need that they have, whatever that is, whether it's physical or emotional. And that can be really helpful. Again, it can be a little bit hard to go about doing this on your own. So if you want some help, let me know. I will be happy to, to work with you on that. And that's, you know, not only just now when you're in a new environment uh, during the day, but that these are our skills these are experiences that are going to help you out in the long run. So not only will you get that benefit now, but that's something that will help you for longer. And then to take that a step farther even is to add in this piece of mindfulness. So to be aware and be present right now. But really, I think the most helpful thing in, about mindfulness and eating is to be mindful about Again, like I said, your feelings, but really how food tastes. I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but when I was introduced to mindfulness and really started to incorporate that into my eating and being aware of the tastes, the textures, the experiences with eating, I, I realized that a lot of the food that I had been eating in the past, that, or not a lot, but I've, I've noticed some specific foods that I really actually don't like. And, and I realized that, um, as I tried to get satisfaction from eating this food that I didn't like, I ended up eating more than, than probably what I needed. I ended up eating, eating more than what would feel good in my body as in I would sometimes leave with the stomach ache and not to say that, you know, you don't ever get stomach aches if you're eating mindfully because that still happens and and you still it's possible to eat more than what your body needs and that's okay but it really helps open the door to realizing the foods that you really like and don't like and to be more aware of what you're eating to then feel more satisfied and to know that okay i feel good i have no desire to eat anymore and that's really empowering as opposed to oh i can't eat anymore because i've hit i've eaten the amount that i'm supposed to eat and Again, because it's off the off the table, off limits, there will probably be one part of you that really wants to eat that still. And that's confusing and frustrating and can leave a lot of us feeling guilty, which is not a productive feeling to have when it comes to food. Okay, so I hope that was enough, or at least an introduction to this whole idea of restriction and eating and how to deal with with having food around. It really comes down to being more aware of what we're eating and the feelings that we're feeling. So along with that comes emotional eating. Dealing with these constant headlines and the fear of potentially getting sick or potentially getting sick not knowing it and getting somebody else sick or the fear of what am I going to do as I have all of this time at home? What if, what if I live with people that I don't get along with super well? Or what if, what if we hate being together all of the time? Or what if you live alone and you know you're probably not going to be able to see other people for a little bit? That's super overwhelming and, and it can, you know, 
lead to a lot of emotions that that might send you in a direction that um, you haven't been in a while or you don't want to be. And food can be an option for dealing with those emotions. And and I want to make sure that food is not off the table when it comes to to feeling emotional, to having feelings. It's Food obviously can get to the point where it's a crutch and it's something that isn't helpful because we still have that problem. And, and then the food and eating to the extent where you just don't feel good and all sorts of other things can, you know, they don't benefit us. They don't benefit us at all. But eating for emotional reasons is not bad. But using food whenever you feel bad isn't helpful, like I said. So try to find other things to do, and we'll talk about that tomorrow with self-care. But I will be honest, and I think we all need to be honest, that we have good memories with certain foods. and, And eating a comfort food, whatever that is, to just have a moment of like, okay, it's gonna be okay. I'm here with my whatever fill in the blank food and things are good right now. And that's okay to find just a moment of joy, something to kind of take you outside of the reality can be fine. Um, And that's definitely, like I said, at the very ish beginning to make sure to have comfort foods on hand to to get to when you want them or need them. And that's, and that's great. I also wanted to really briefly talking, talk about cooking at home. And I just want to share a couple of episodes of this podcast that you can that you can listen to to be able to learn more about this because honestly like cooking at home is is something that takes more than like two minutes to talk about so highly recommend listening to i'm just scrolling down uh my episodes okay so episode nine is all about five simple tips to make your food taste better. That's a great place to start when it comes to cooking at home. Um, I answer the question on episode seven, which I didn't have numbered on here. I feel like it's random on what gets numbered or I'm random. I don't know which. Uh, The episode is what if I don't know how to cook? And then the episode before that, number six, is what if I don't like to cook? How How do I deal with that? So those are a couple of um, episodes that will be helpful to address those specific questions. And that is it for today. Feel free to let me know if you have any questions, reach out and, um, stay tuned tomorrow when we talk all about self-care when you're working from home. So you don't get, so you don't drive yourself crazy. Thanks so much for listening to the Table for One podcast with Rebecca. If you're cooking for one or know somebody who is, make sure to subscribe to the Table for One podcast on your favorite podcast app. That way you can stay up to date on new episodes that will help you make cooking for one easier and more enjoyable. Feel free to continue the conversation over at in the Table for One Facebook group. You can also find recipes or work with Rebecca over at nourishnutritionblog.com Or honestly, the easiest way is to follow me on Instagram. My handle is NNC underscore table for one. And you can click on the link of my profile to get more great resources for cooking for one. Talk to you next week.